0: Hi everyone. This is Aisha and Julia. Welcome to Meet Me at the Bookstore, a podcast dedicated to all things bookish.
1: Today we are talking about how do we want to introduce
0: romance by Asian authors specifically?
1: Yes. <laughs> yes. So Asian romance reads characters who are Asian or authors who are Asian. Yeah. Um, I think for all of the ones that we were mostly talking about, the author is Asian. Yeah. Um, It has characters who are also
0: Asian. Exactly. Um, Because, like, I feel like the point of this for me is to, like, talk about Asian characters written by Asian authors, not non-Asian characters written by Asian authors and,
1: like, vice versa, you know? You said it well. As to Asian women ourselves, this is a great time for us to talk about representation in literature. Woo! <laughs> and also, not at all planned, but perfect timing. May is Asian American Pacific Islander month. And so this is, like, great timing that this is coming yeah. out.
0: No, it is. It's and because, like, we definitely did not plan it. Like, we wanted, we've been wanting to do this episode for a really long time. But, yeah works out well.
1: Should we go into our current reads? Yes.
0: All right, so I am still reading The Path to Love by Deepak Chopra. My reading's been a little like slow lately. Um, I've had a lot on my plate, but I am really enjoying it. I'll tell you Aisha in the beginning. I think this book has some like really beautiful things surrounding love that I find really helpful. I know we've said on here, I have said on here that I really struggle to read wellness reads that center around love and relationships because I find them almost like too unrelatable to even be able to take what they're saying into account. But I think that the way he's going into it right now seems really great so I'm really liking that. Um, I've also recently taken a lot of books home with me from the bookstore that I work at. We're allowed to borrow secondhand books, and I want to mention one that I think is so fun. It's called Place and Leisure. I don't even know who it's by. It's like a textbook kind of thing, but it's all about the philosophy of leisure and how it relates to the environment around you, such as the seaside, etc. And, you know, they talk about Roman villas, and it sounds so interesting and I I read a little bit of it
1: uh, and I'm excited to, to learn more. I'm reading A Little Life, I'm almost like 20% in, and yeah, like, I think when I got to the second chapter, I was like, oh, this is heavy, and I'm not, like I said, I'm not even like 20% in, so I'm like doomed as I go through this, really. But yeah, I think I like spent some time yesterday just like being like, all right, let's put the clock on, no distractions, and I just need to do that, I think, like almost every day, because I have maybe less than three weeks before I go to England, so... (laughs) (laughs) I need this to be done before I watch the play.
0: That's good that you have that motivational deadline, though.
1: Yeah. So that's where I'm at with that book. Um, I've been getting a lot of book mail from different places. And so one of the ones I got was from Brown Girl Bookshelf. And it is We've Got This by Ritu Basin. And so I started it yesterday. I I was like, let's focus just on a little life and then we could do another book. But this book is less than 200 pages, so I just thought I should read this at the same time. Um, And basically it's by this Indian-Canadian author, and she used to be a lawyer, but now she's a DEI consultant sort of thing. Broken down into three groups. Hurting, healing, and belonging. And my takeaway so far is just how we can figure out the best way to belong or feel like we're belonging. And so, so far, I'm in the hurting stage and it's my takeaway so far is how intergenerational trauma is affecting us and I'm just like wow you are so right for this because it's true
0: wait so it's non-fiction yeah
1: yeah it's not okay, okay I would say a wellness read okay yeah yeah hmm. but yeah I'm like oh you're so on point for this where it's like your parents have their own trauma like they don't want to talk about it but then that yeah. affects you as you're growing up and you're like, I yeah. like need you to do something <laughs>
0: (laughs) What's also really interesting is the way trauma is not only passed down like emotionally, but like through the body as well. So like when people have like issues like autoimmune disorders or like, you know, whatever, and they have no idea where it came from, a lot of it can be trauma that's passed down.
1: Good old generational trauma right there. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Let's talk about romance written by Asian authors. Yes. The way we are approaching this is from, I guess, different Asian perspectives Mine would be like an Indian South Asian perspective. Yours is Chinese, Vietnamese, East Asian, or just those two, would you say?
0: Yeah, Chinese, Vietnamese, yeah. East Asian. So we're getting all the different perspectives. So the reason why I think we both want to focus on, you know, Asian authors, not it's not only because we're Asian, obviously, but because I've found, and maybe you've found this too, that romance literature in particular, from an Asian point of view, is so different from the typical non-Asian slash Western point of view. Like, There's so many nuances that are specific to romance that are so different cross-culturally. So I think that this will be interesting to talk about.
1: Do we want to talk about what we love in terms of Asian representation?
0: Yeah, I guess for me... So I only started reading romance by Asian authors like later in my life. I mean the past few years I think you know I I I feel like I started with Crazy Rich Asians which is wild. I read that quite a long time ago. That was probably my first interaction with Asian romance, if you will. But before that I was reading, you know, things like Sophie Kinsella which I love, but it's so different and so white and it's and now now as I'm older and I'm more aware, I can really recognize and like appreciate when I read you know, Asian authors and Asian characters, how nice it is to have that representation because I feel it's so much more relatable to me. And so even within Asian romance, it's rare for me to find Vietnamese characters specifically, which is why I really loved finding the author Helen Huang, who I have talked about because I read two of her books and I really loved them. And one of her books called The Bride Test, Like a lot of the characters are Vietnamese American slash Vietnamese, but she has this one character who's Vietnamese and she said this like really small line that was like very insignificant to the rest of the story. But I was like, that explains so much about my own mom and my family. I I just never had heard anything like that being said before, like in a book. And it was really cool for me to read that. That sounds really vague, but it was, it was basically about how this girl who was from Vietnam. So she's like in America, but she's from Vietnam. It's a whole thing, but she really misses fruit like so much. And like, she was just talking about her love for fruit and et cetera, et cetera. And I was like, wait, so it's like a Vietnamese thing. Cause my mom's like so obsessed with fruit, like weirdly obsessed and I never understood it. And now it's like, I was like, oh, it's just like a Vietnamese thing. They love fruits so much. Yeah. (laughs) Things
1: like that. No, so, like, that's what I had in my notes, like, references are like, sprinkles of cultural aspects that you could pick up on. It's nice because, like, you're kind of like, oh, look, I get yeah. that. Um, yeah. like, I can resonate, resonate with it. Like, yours is, like, so wholesome. Mine are, like, cutesy, girly stuff. In the book Dating Dr. Dell, the male love interest was wearing a black kurta and that's a thing where not just Indians, it's like a South Asian thing where it's like a thing if a guy's wearing a black court though. You're like, damn, like he looks good. Like oh, no God. wearing the black one. It's just like, and especially <laughs> the sleeves are rolled up a bit. You got the color popped out. You're just like, Ooh. he's looking fine. And it's like when well, you see a guy dressed up in your cultural clothing, great. But then it's, like, you're wearing black on top of it. Like, think about, like, a guy wearing a suit. You're like, hmm, yeah, okay. Color. But it's, like, so that's what it is where it's, like, he's wearing black. And you're like, oh, yeah. damn. So I like <laughs> pretty cool. And I mean, I was also, like, simping for this guy wearing this. I was like, she's done it well. Yeah. Like another reference I wanted to say, this is actually in a fantasy book, but it's on the topic of cultural aspects. It was in The Phoenix King and there's a scene in a lot of Bollywood movies where it's like she's running or they're dancing and like her dupatta gets stuck on his like shirt button or sleeve and it's, oh no, they're stuck and they're like trying to like separate from each other and I literally was like giggling. And I literally so, like, think what, what I when I read this.
0: <laughs> There's like a Bywood like music exactly. video of my head like exactly. running through my head as you say that. Yeah, that's a exactly. great. Exactly. I was literally
1: kicking my feet when I read this. Yeah. So it's like like you're saying, like these cultural aspects you can reference to different things. Yes. Please keep yeah. putting those in there.
0: Right. They like they hit home in a different way. You know, and because like you it's also because we are not as used to hearing them. So when we do, it's just so nice. I guess like kind of related to when you were saying, like talking about the character wearing the black karta. I is that like you also being like, Oh, there's this South Asian male character who is like looking really hot, basically, right? Um, yeah, yeah,
1: and I that's think like, that, that's what it's like saying. Like, if you see a guy in a black suit um, and he's looking good, I'm like, okay, yeah. But like, this, this is a brown version of it. Yeah,
0: exactly. And I don't know about you, but it's it's so nice to read about male MCs who are Asian, like, actively described as being really sexy. Because like, I feel like in a lot of Western literature, they're either they're not there, first of all, or when they are, it's a stereotypical nerdy guy, you know, whatever. And I mean, I know this is a big problem in films, especially, but that's why I really liked. It's it, less the Bride Test, I mean, but it's his – so the main character is a brother in the Bride Test who has his own book called The Heart Prince. Well, he is so attractive and he is, you know, a Vietnamese-American. Um, And he's described as, like, so sexy and, like, such a great guy in general that you're like, oh, wow, like, it's so nice to read and, like, be able to picture a Vietnamese-American this way, you know, as they should be. But it's just so rare for me, like, when I'm reading – Romance. You know, it's always like the white guy with like, you know, brunette hair and blue eyes or green eyes or what what have you, you know? So it was just nice to have
1: that. No, I hear you like this. I think happened with like dating Dr. though. Like the guy was like, he's described as really hot. It's like, yeah. it's like also not only you described as hot, but like yeah. beyond just good looks, like him and then yeah. there's this character, J. Ish Patel, and the trouble with hating you. It's like, I liked them because they're like confident men, ambitious men, doing well in their jobs, but also really great at planning dates because this is what got me we're in the trouble with hating you they went to laser tag for their first date and I was like you've won my cellophane. Like I'd be like we have to get married now dating doctor though their first date was to do a murder mystery at the Met that's cute you we were setting the bar for brown <laughs> yeah, men. Be, they, like who did, who did I I'm like why did I even date the previous people I did beyond me see this is why we need
0: to read books like this keeping it keeping our standards up here mm. Um, And then I also want to mention one thing that I've found really nice um, when I read Asian authors slash Asian romance from an Asian... Okay, I, I just said Asian like five times. Let me start over. Romance from an Asian point of view. I usually find that, especially with East Asian perspectives, the pace of the romance is more realistic. It is slower. There's more shyness. There's more awkwardness. It just feels more real and not so like western and glib to me i don't know i guess you know eastern asia like in a lot of different countries in east asia there are like people are slightly more conservative when it comes to like love and sex and romance. Um, and it's just like something you have, to, it's like a cultural thing. You, you might not feel like that yourself, but it's like, it's a cultural uh, hurdle in a way. And so it's interesting to see characters kind of dealing with that, but also just, you know, what's natural for them is not always what you read about in Western literature. So I just really liked the things I've I've read in that way. Like for I, I referenced a strange weather in Tokyo which is like an odd book to reference for romance, but there is romance in it. Um, It's like this really slow, awkward. It just, to me, felt so realistic in a way and not just like rom-com fantasy land.
1: I feel like I can't... Really? <laughs> or say the same with books I've read by Indian authors. And most of the ones I've read have also been set in the US like I really would love to read one that's set in England just to compare the Indian South Asian community and culture is very different than the American one or the Canadian one. Mm. But when you're just saying slow pace, that's not what these Indian American books are like. Because I think, if anything, a lot of these authors are also so inspired by Bollywood. And I was going to talk about Bollywood. I thought Bollywood is so deeply, it's like such a big part of like Indian, like South Asian culture. I'll talk about it more later, but it's like that is like our form of romance telling. When I read these books, I don't think they're as slow paced because it's sometimes it's a parents like you gotta get married right now, and it's like all this, and it's like, Oh, they happen to like fall in love with a person that their parents wanted to be set up with or all that, and it's it's not a slow pace, but I think it depends what the age is of the people. Because some of the ones that I've read, I liked that they were like twenty five and older, and I don't mind if you're a little faster paced because like you're adults, and it, most of the time, there are people who are like settled in their work or whatever, maybe looking for a new job. When I read ones where the characters are younger, and I was gonna save this for later on. That's why I'm like, I need this to be very slow because you're 18 and I'm uncomfortable reading this. Yeah. Uh, and when you're talking about theatrics, nah. Have you seen Bollywood? These <laughs> books, of yeah. course, have got theatrics in it. Like, come on. When I was just describing her Dupatta getting stuck in his sleeve, that is a theatric right there. It's perfect. It's a great one. But yeah, there's always some sort of drama. Let's be real.
0: Yeah. No, that it, I mean, I guess there's, like, both. I think it definitely depends on, like, what you read. But I like that there are examples when they're – it's not as, like, dramatic. Because it's fun to have, like, the dramatic stuff. But it's also nice to have slightly less dramatic and more just, like, that real, like, sort of just, like – not, like, feeling-y kind of thing. But anyways, I hope people understand what I mean but I also understand what you mean about like the whole oh like arranged marriage like let's get this thing going like because that in a way is like fast paced but even within that in the books I've read in the bride test literally this mother has like flown to Vietnam and brought back a bride for her son which is crazy but even within the the bride and the son meeting there's a slowness there and like an awkwardness there because it, it is still pretty new to the both of them and you kind of get that feeling.
1: One other thing I wanted to share that I like in reading Asian romance reads is when the author includes translations. And so most of the time like them when they use like a different language will be like Hindi. And so it's like I can pick up on it, but I like that there are translations. It depends like how it's done. Hmm. But I like that there are translations because I think first and foremost, they're writing to their young- the author is writing this book for their younger self. And then for other people who resonate with them. But you're also being inclusive to people who are not part of your culture. And you're having that translation. Or so I think. Or maybe I'm projecting. But I like that for people who don't know because I've read books by like Hispanic Latina authors and there's like Spanish going on I'm like I do not know what you're saying and I would like some English here because I feel like I'm missing the dialogue of what's going on Mm -hmm. I just think it's a nice way to help people understand a bit of the cultural aspects of that situation
0: yeah no I'd appreciate that
1: do we have anything else I feel like there might be some stuff that pops up I just can't remember
0: no but there's still lots to talk about
1: so excited to get into the rest of it (laughs) All right. So then let's get into the stuff that we don't like when it comes to representation. Um, I feel like you yeah, had uh, like more stuff in a way. <laughs> I was like really going in like writing my notes. <laughs> yeah, so you- my main thing is, and again, this is like my perspective and may not be the author's intention, but to me it comes off as the over stereotyping of characters and culture and i guess it's like again the author might be writing from their perspective like this is the type of people they've seen the communities they've seen their family might be like that and it's like the books that i've read where i felt it was so over stereotyped i'm like my family is not like this so i can't resonate with you wholeheartedly or it's like i might know of a community that's in the same like i'll talk about one book it's like in houston i know so many indians in houston and they're not like this at all so i'm very confused what community you were talking but I think there's just like so many things I think when it comes to over stereotyping like one I feel like it just sets up a bad representation to other cultures like I've read reviews of like white people for some of these books and they're like I didn't realize this is what the culture was like yeah the way they like write some of our culture to people who are outside of culture they're gonna think that's what the whole of India is like and that's not true and and we've talked about this I think in the past and I just think the author should be maybe a little bit careful on that I think with a lot of books that I've read these characters are first generation indian and so right off the bat i can't relate to you because i'm not first generation i'm second so it's already so different reading about your family expectations of you needing to get married right now or you have to be with someone who's indian or like you have to be religious we have to go to the temple all that it's like i can't relate to this when i read some of this stuff it's hard and i think i wrote this in one review it's like i need to read more Books where they're second generation, yeah. You know, even South Asian. I don't care. You don't have to be Indian. You can be Bucks and I don't care. But like second generation South Asian characters, because it's already a different culture right there. And I think that's why, to me, it might be an over stereotype as well. Who knows? Mm. If anything, it's
0: like we should be writing like South Asian authors should be writing. Like if they are second generation or have that perspective, they should feel encouraged to write from that point of view and just like people should be encouraged to read and write even more perspectives just so you have more literature, you know, to pull from. Yeah.
1: I think I just like me to try and find some more who are if, – if there are any, like, 2nd yeah. generational ones. Because I'm just like, everything is so – again, most of its stuff is, like, family stuff. And I'm like, my, like, I have my own lovely set of family issues, but it's not like this. And I think that's what feeds into my anger more, where I'm like, I can't relate to this.
0: Yeah. But do you want to
1: talk a bit about, like, stereotyping? Yeah, because like, I think
0: – the one I'm gonna mention, I see it in a different light from you, but I think it's the same stereotype. But the thing is, I didn't even realize this was a stereotype. So for me, like I, I really haven't read a lot of like Vietnamese slash Vietnamese American literature. That's my own fault, but it's not also like not super prevalent in Western literature. But so I couldn't really tell you like I like I don't know what the stereotypes of Vietnamese people are. I just know what I see from my own family. Right, as I mentioned, I read The Bride Test. Um, not so long ago and the mother is like needing to get her son married but it's only she has two sons and she's wanting to get her well she ideally wants both of them married but it's the younger one she's more focused on but she goes as far as to you know like get this girl back from Vietnam while she's on vacation there and bring her back and like have her marry him Uh, Which sounds wild and it can seem like a very negative perspective, but you see just like how kind of obsessed this mother is to like get her son married and to like make sure he's not alone, blah, blah, blah. And honestly, like, my mom is also, like, super obsessed with not marrying me off, but, like, having me not be alone, having me, like, find someone. I just remember, like, the way this mother described the way she thinks, I was like, oh, my God. Like, my mom feels like that to me, and maybe it's not just her. Maybe it is not, like, a stereotype, but maybe it is something that, you know, a lot of Vietnamese mothers feel, um, and that was kind of a relief for me to read and know that it just it wasn't just my mom and that it wasn't just me who feels like this, right? It's like all these other kids um, who have these mothers also probably get this. So I I kind of liked it.
1: It goes to, like, what I was saying. It's like, you could resonate with it. Like, I can't resonate with some of this stuff. I resonate with, like, wearing the clothes and the parties and stuff. And, like, aunties. But, again, still, not entirely. (laughs) Uh, But, yeah, going back to, like, the stereotypes. I'll go into the marriage part and then the family problem. So, it's, like, the need to get married. It's because my parents have – and my grandparents have never been, like, you need to – my granddad says get married. But it's because he thinks he's going to die soon and he wants to be there. It's not, like, you have to get married you're 18 get married you finish college you're 22 get married it's never been like that my my grandma literally said when I finished college like get your degree go back to school if you want to get a job and then you can think about getting married yeah and especially like the women in my family have been more focused on like setting myself up before getting married because they want me to focus on me and so it's so hard when I read books where like parents like oh you're what a shrew or like all this stuff because you're not married blah 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 i'm like i don't like this at all i think it's nice to when it's in general like a parent or relatives like i want you to maybe not be alone I, i want you to have love but a lot of these books aren't written like that And so one book that i thought of was when young adults are pressured into it so this book when dimple met rishi they've literally white literally just graduated high school and their parents are already like trying to set them up and i'm like this is where it could have been cute as like a slow romance situation where they become boyfriend and girlfriend eventually but you don't need to have a marriage storyline in dad that is like unnecessary and these mm-hmm. are two kids who like grew up in like california or something so like find their first generation but it's like why is this why are authors putting this why are we putting marriage on a pedestal right it's like if we're also like trying to break things that we're seeing like generational trauma why are we still putting some things up at the forefront when it's like not actually as important as I don't know education being good and kind to other people why is like marriage more important than
0: that in the books that I've read where they like are pushing marriage really hard a lot of times the characters are quite a bit older which is nice because I would also be quite freaked out if the characters were young and I agree we shouldn't be like pushing that especially onto I don't know we shouldn't it would be nice to not push that on to younger kids but I was gonna say I like a lot of the books that I've read with Asian perspectives the characters are older um and I don't know if that's just because of the small sample that I've read like if it's a coincidence or if it's generally like a thing where maybe because you know like there's the whole thing where Asian parents are so strict that a lot of times people aren't dating when they're really young and things happen later in life um but I kind of enjoy that. Like I enjoy having older characters or characters that are my age, at least, you know?
1: No, no, I absolutely enjoy older characters. I just don't like that marriage is a focus. It's like then you've, you've amounted to nothing. Like, you could have a great and like i think this is like maybe a dating doctor though. It's like you have an amazing job you're doing so well at the top of your field but you still aren't anything because you're not married to some mm-hmm. someone and this is yeah. predominantly with like women and i'm like i don't yeah. like this why are you putting her that. value only onto her being married or not
0: yeah no i hate that i mean the thing i mean not that i have read books like this to be honest cause i haven't but i feel like a lot of people especially in the east asian community do feel like that which is so frustrating mm-hmm.
1: The need for marriage is one. I think it's tied with my issue of family problems. And again, it's all under stereotypes. One of the ones is like, with the elder family member doesn't list to, you know, younger family generations, or they flat out just expect you to respect them because they're older. And I hate that so much. And, and I know this is a thing that is prevalent in real life, but I think it was in Dating Doctor, though. It's like the female main character is literally in an argument with her grandmother, and her grandmother just like tries to shut it down. She's like, you should respect me. You shouldn't argue with me. I'm your grandmother. I'm your elder. And it's like, no, that's not acceptable. And I think a lot of people in our generation know that's not acceptable. So why are you writing this in there? It's like, yes, it's something we could, some people could relate to, but we're also trying to change the tides here. Like, it's also funny because I've come across other characters where their grandmother's not like that at all. They're very nice. They're not at all, like, demanding of respect. And, like, the specific grandmother, she was one who like, basically only put value on her granddaughter. If she was going to get married or not, despite her granddaughter being one. Well. I was like, I can't resonate with this grandmother one bit because my grandmother would not at all say I'm nothing because I am not married. It was not okay. And then, so going on to family problems and like, I guess the stereotype, I don't know, but the trouble with hating you, I liked the romance part. I didn't like the family cultural parts because it was so baffling. And I don't know if the author, I think it's Sajni Patel. I don't know if it's like based off of like she knows someone who's gone through this or something. But I was like, this is weird to me. The indie community in this book was so horrible. So our main female character, she was basically sexually assaulted for a while by like the local priest. And she came out and told her parents and her dad, straight up was like, you're a liar. And it was like, you came on to the priest, you're a slut, you're a whore. So there's like significant slut shaming in this book. It was so baffling that her dad was slut-shaming her like this. And I was like, I know so many families in Houston. I could not – and, like, some are problematic for sure. I could just not picture them being like this. I couldn't even picture, like, my own dad being like – like, literally think about, like, our own friends. I could not picture their dads being like, you're a slut. You probably were wearing something. I just found it so baffling that this is what I was reading about. Yeah. yeah. And yes, there are probably parents who are like this. It was just so wild how the whole community, though, was thinking she's a slut.
0: Yeah, I remember you talked about that book before. But yeah, no, I agree with you. I guess similarly, in East Asian stereotypes, there is like the, you know, the family issues. But like, I think the main one is you always have to listen to your parents or it's like so ingrained into you to like, uphold duty, which is effectively doing what your parents tell you to do, which is so frustrating. For example, you really see this in Crazy Jewish Asians, right? Whether it's like where it's like your mother's word is kind of like the law what she says goes, if she doesn't like something, then, you know, too bad for you. And that's an unfortunate stereotype, but I do find it to be true. My own experience where parents, they make it difficult for you to not have your own opinion, but like, yeah, if you don't agree with them, like, what are you going to do? You know, it's like, the, like family is so important in Asian culture. And I guess that that's like the big thing, right? Like between maybe Western slash Asian Culture, like family is so important and you do listen to your elders, but it is frustrating when they expect you to listen to what they say, even when you don't agree. But then obviously, like in books and literature and stories, you, you do like to see the main characters kind of work through that and do what's best for themselves and not always have to be governed by the laws of others. But it is it is honestly a pretty true stereotype. It was nice to see people working through that and then I want to mention a stereotype this is probably like my least or my most hated stereotype and it's the stereotype of in particular southeast asians being described as poor a lot of times when you have southeast asians they work in like the nail salons in the u.s or like they have like a, a like a pho restaurant or something and it's not the same level of, of wealth that you see that you just see other ethnicities being ascribed to and I always found that really frustrating and all- unrelatable and unrealistic honestly because I mean first of all Southeast Asia is not a poor I don't know it's just culturally so much more and obviously there are people from all walks of life and we should be reading about that and that's why I really liked Crazy Rich Asians and Last Tang Standing I know that these books both take place in Singapore which is like very different Singapore is a very wealthy country I understand that but it just these are books that are very popular in western literature and they show very wealthy asians and in crazy rich asians you also see how that how these people are looked down upon in western society who, like who don't really know them and think that they're You know, no one, when in reality they're so wealthy. So I just like to read more things that showcase Asian wealth and popular Western literature so people can change their perspective on what they think Asians and Southeast Asians are like and where they come from.
1: Yeah, no, again, I think it's, we have different thoughts on like the stereotypes, but it's still like there's stereotypes that we don't like other like fine it's minor stuff but it's just cringy to read it when authors try to maybe westernize like some popular culture things to make it brown and i'm just like please just don't do that like Wait, just like, leave what? it as is so oh. it's like in dating dr Phil, it's oh instead of saying like oh like let's netflix and show which pretty much most people know what that means it was like no instead She came up with Jeopardy and Jalibby's. And I was like, I was so embarrassed reading that. I just thought, why did you have to come up with that? Just like leave it at Netflix and chill. Just leave it at that. I guess what authors might have, it's like you're trying to make your own thing and not be so Western. But it's like there's some things like just leave it as. Like, I feel like there's no need to come up with a Jeopardy and Jalibis, but come up with those cute things like the black kurta, the dupatta getting yeah. stuck in the sleeve. Like, that is, like, our own nuanced stuff. T- use that and go with it.
0: Yeah, I know for sure. There's a fine line between, like, keeping your cultural nuances versus being forced. Um, that's so true. I don't know if I've picked up on any
1: in the books I read that felt forced. Yeah. Do you have anything else to say about what you didn't like?
0: No, I guess I just wanted to clarify that when I said I really hated like the Southeast Asians being described as poor, that's not that's not from like Asian authors. To me, that was just like a perpetuated stereotype that I see in literature and film and media all the time. And I appreciate when it's being flipped on its head. I don't know if that was if I made that clear.
1: Uh, okay, so if you don't have anything else, you can go to the next thing. So do you whole Asian romance read to, like, a different standard than a quote-unquote regular romance read?
0: I think that if I noticed something that felt really off, then I would definitely be annoyed about it. I think I'm lucky in that, like, with the things I have read, I've really enjoyed the characters, and I've really been able to relate to them in different ways. But yeah, I mean, I guess I have a higher standard just because I can relate to them more clearly so i i can notice if something's like quite off because otherwise you're like oh yeah maybe this is what it's like i don't know
1: i just had a flash to when we were talking about poc like fantasy books or like writing about poc characters and i think back then we did say like we do hold poc authors to a standard when they're writing poc characters and so like here i am being like i don't like these stereotypes i think yeah i do hold them to a standard yes put our story out I, again, I think it's just because I keep seeing the same story. I'm like, this is a lot. Like, I am do better. Maybe you just need to write your own. <laughs> Maybe I'm projecting. I think it works for people, though, who are already in, like, a romantic situation to be writing these books. I could do it. And we could just follow my one character going through all her trials. And each book would be a different dude of what a failure of a relationship is. And, I mean, I would be, I would be annoyed for this character as well. <laughs> You'd be like, it would be a series of unfortunate know. events dating edition
0: (laughs) even scarier than the original (laughs) oh my god like real talk if you were a character in a book would you be annoyed by your character
1: (laughs) like in general or like in terms of dating and romance because I feel like there's different things (laughs) sadly
0: there is a difference okay in romance
1: yeah I would absolutely be like I want to hit my character on the head
0: (laughs) (laughs) I was gonna say we're so judgy but I mean even when it comes to us
1: (laughs) Hey, I I, I I can acknowledge my flaws. Yeah. Thank you. I don't like them, but and that's why I bury it down. But on that, we were talking about like dating. So I think when we were planning this we wanted to kind of talk a bit more about dating and fiction versus dating in reality and how these Asian romance are portraying dating and just like our thoughts on that.
0: One of the things we wanted to mention is the difference between, you know, reading romance growing up and, you know, the romance we read now and how that has affected us differently. As I said, I didn't read a lot of Asian MCs growing up, especially in romance novels. Um, And it was always, you know, these very nice or not, I don't know, not so nice white men um, of varying hues, I guess, (laughs) but... Because of that, I always would picture this, you know, your your typical, your average white guy in my head. And I think it's so sad. Like, I think a lot of kids our age, like, grew up, like, who aren't – who are, like, POC probably have a similar experience. And – I think it's important to decolonize your love life or your imagined one, whatever. Those are both important. The things you think in your head are also really important to the way, you know, you see your life and everything. Uh, And that's why I really like these books that have these really great Asian MCs of both sexes. And I like it was just new to me, but in a really good way.
1: You bring up an interesting point that I want to talk about later when you're saying about like decolonization, but I'll get to that later um yeah like comparing romance growing up versus now like reading and i'm gonna include a bit of like watching with like movies and stuff for me i would like cling on to because like you said they weren't as prevalent growing up so i would cling on to like when i could see that representation that's why i like jasmine and aladdin she looked like me and nothing to do if we were like similar it's just like she's brown cool automatic favorite disney princess right there but For me, I think it was like Bollywood played such a big role on romance. And like Bollywood makes its money off of romance stories. And I think for me, it's like seeing that was like, I guess maybe the inverse of what you're saying, like, oh, books about like really just white guys. Like Bollywood's like, oh, like with brown on brown. Okay, so like that also fed into like me wanting to be, I think a bit with like a brown guy. And it's like, honestly, when I get older, it's very different. Bollywood is not real. So like, that's why I'm like, okay, when I read these books, like, it's not what's happening in real life in dating with brown yeah. guys in my personal experience.
0: <laughs> that's so funny. I mean, that's fair. Yeah, any experience is not what I've read about. I mean, reading romance in general has definitely, you know, made me a little delulu, if you will. But I wanted to mention also kind of similar. I mean, just in line with what we're saying, how you kind of stuck to like the like, the characters of color that you saw growing up. I think I did the opposite in the fact that because I, I was, like, reading and, like, watching so many romance films with, with between, like, white-only characters, I wanted to be, like, the white girls that the guys were falling in love with.
1: I hear you. I think it's, like, because for me, I had Bollywood also happening at the same time of rom-com, so it's like, I was getting yeah. different streams of stuff.
0: I know. I uh, wish I... Had something like that. I mean, now I definitely watch a lot of Asian romance um, on TV and in movies, which is great. I love. I'm really up <laughs> to with, with Korean uh, romance dramas. They are so good, and I'm obsessed. And I find them the romance in K dramas so great, and for so many different reasons.
1: Um, I mean, I think this is a good transition to like reading and seeing. Romance as adults, like, how does it differ? And I think you were saying this when we were talking about what we like in these Asian romance reads. It's like, I think we could resonate maybe a bit more, especially when the characters are older, versus when we did a reread of Sophie Kinsella, Remember Me, and it's like, she's, what was she, like, 25? We're just like, we can't resonate with you at all. And like, yeah. but like, some of these books, it's like, I can a bit. So that helps. Yeah.
0: Like, when we were younger, it was okay because you're like, oh, 25, she's shit Like, yeah, that ma- that probably makes sense when you're old
1: and now we're like oh god that's it I had a note here where I can relate a bit but I also can't like I couldn't even word it properly I think what it is is like and this is what i was saying there's not that many books that there's like a second generation Indian or South Asian character for me to relate to so it's like it feels like the character most times like a first generation so it's just like they are like the book is either overflowed with, like, cultural stereotypes or it's, like, it's just too much of that character's life. And I'm not saying that's a bad thing. It's, like, but it's just part of that character's dynamic and that's not me. It's, like, they're overflowing with culture or it's, like, they're trying so hard to be white. And, again, it's, like, I'm not relating to this 29-year-old who's trying to do that, you know? And it's, like, I'm... It just seems like there's no good middle ground. And... As I've gotten older, like my read, I like more analytical when I read. So it's like, I'm a lot pickier when I read this stuff. I'm like, I like so someone, it could be a good book. And I'll be like, it's okay because it has X, Y, Z things. And I'll list out the stuff.
0: No, I get that. Um, and I also, I mean, actually, I that's probably one of the stereotypes I really don't like. Not that I've read any Asian romances that have this, but just in general, it is a stereotype where you have these POC characters and they're just, it's like whitewashed in a sense that they're just they're trying to act really white and that's just not authentic to the culture and it doesn't make you feel good about it either, right?
1: Well, my thing is it's like I would say I am assuming you're also, you're second generation as well.
0: Yeah, you're I would say I'm, I'm like one me. and a half, technically, cuz I'm like you're second. different.
1: You're second. I think what it is is this again, it's just like I can't resonate with it. Like yes, you have that western culture, like we both have western culture like as part of our identity but it's like it gets to the point where it's zero to 100 there's no 40 to 60 percent of like something happening in between Mm. like you're either like it's not a good spectrum
0: i mean i guess what we're saying here and i think and i mean throughout this whole thing what we've been saying is that nuance is important and maybe that's the standard that we we're really holding up is that the small nuances like the subtleties are super important to us and they should be done well
1: One of the things I wanted to bring up was to talk about interracial couples where there's, you know, an Asian, like, male or female character with someone of a different race. And the reason why I want to bring this up is because I've seen a lot of people call out Mindy Kaling about her always writing a storyline where the brown girl is always with a white guy. So I guess, like, the Mindy Project, Never Have I Ever, the Sex Lies of College Girls, whatever, like, apparently the brown girl is always with a white guy. And a lot of South Asians are just complaining about it. I'm not a big fan of all of those things, so it's like, I don't really have a perspective on it but it is interesting and like my thoughts on that is I like that there's like you're having that there are interracial couples like not just Mindy Kaling or the second book from The Trouble with Hating You which was first love take two is an Indian girl and a black guy and I liked that that's different There was another book it was like Brown Girl and Hispanic guy. So it's like I like that it's different because I think there's such a expectation within like the Asian community, like you have to be with someone who's like from where you're from as well. I like that it normalizes being with someone who's like outside of your culture. Like it's nice reading about it, but it it can be annoying. I can understand people's Hmm. complaints of Mindy Keeling. It can be annoying that everything she's written, it has always been a brown girl with a white guy. That it has been diverse her with someone else, you know. So yeah. And, and I think very, that's where it's very, like projecting that like that Asian guy is not good enough for you to be yeah. with.
0: Yeah. No, it's of course it's always nice to to read and watch things with just more diversity in general. Um and that's why I'm going I'm going to mention again that why I really like Helen Huang's books because to me in her books she does have a good amount of diversity considering that the main characters are do tend to be Vietnamese slash Vietnamese American in her first book the main character like the guy main characters in his family are Vietnamese American and his like female counterpart is Vietnamese but like half like half white half Vietnamese, but like grew up in Vietnam. I thought that was an interesting thing. And the second book, so it's like the first guy's brother. So obviously he's Vietnamese American, but then his love interest is Chinese, I believe. And she, before dating this guy, I think was going out with a white guy. So you just, it's like all sorts of different
1: people. Do you have any like final thoughts to wrap it
0: up? I guess I would just say that I really enjoy reading uh, Asian perspective romance and I definitely want to read more at the end of the day it's honestly so fun to read those little nuances and those little pieces of like representation that makes sense to you and it's also just like different like it gets boring to read about like white people all the time honestly (laughs) so yes I would encourage everyone to read more Asian romance (laughs) and Asian authors in general
1: When I was, like, going through, once I've read, I'm like, all right, so there's some here, but I need to keep, like I said, find more ones and more good ones. Because I'll be honest, I've read some that were just, like, not good and, like, I could not finish it.
0: I would be really interested to hear your thoughts on the heart principle.
1: I I have the bride (laughs) test, actually, on my bookshelf, so I can do that first. So, yeah, I guess we should wrap it up? Yeah. All right. So, to our audience, if you identify as Asian, what are your thoughts on Asian romance reads, Do you feel represented or do you think some of these reads have been harmful? Uh, And do you have any recommendations for us? Because it seems like we're both looking for more to read.
0: Yes. And if you're not Asian, highly recommend that you go out and read some asian romances but also listen to this podcast so you are aware of all the different nuances that we have talked about
1: with it being aapi month we are going to try and post something on instagram with some of the asian romance reads we recommend so be on the lookout
0: we'll say goodbye and we'll talk to you guys next week all All right right,
1: we want to thank you for joining us today and hope that you'll continue on this bookish journey with us Don't forget to rate and follow us on Spotify and Apple Podcasts.